group the Super Bowl ads under random award categories, and we'll hash out the winners for your listening pleasure. Welcome to episode 137, the second not annual Are You Just Watching Commercial Awards. Welcome to the podcast that shares critical thinking for the entertained Christian. I'm E. Franklin. I'm Tim Martin. And today we are going to in- introduce our awards for the 2023 Super Bowl ad space, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's Super Bowl commercials. Yeah, yeah. So I don't we're watch not going to limit Bowl, just so. to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, we'll do an honorable mention at the end of something that I really like, some ads I really like that are not part of the Super Bowl, but most of what we're talking about Super Bowl. So we're going to jump right in because we have a lot to talk about. Well, our first category, and I think our main category, because I would say it probably applies to maybe 70% of the commercials yeah, that were sure aired during the Super Bowl. Yeah. Was best celebrity cameo. Now, it's a really hard one to narrow down because, like I said, like 70% of the commercials had a celebrity in them. I don't know that necessarily means that we're going to throw all of them in this category because we did create another category to throw a few into. So just to name a few of the celebrity ads that were in the Super Bowl this year, we have Workday, which was showing a bunch of rock stars of old Mm. and new, mostly old, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely mostly old. Yeah. And then we had DraftKings, which had a lot of sports celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. And then Uber One. It was pop music. Pop music. Yeah. Sort of like modern Motown. Yeah, that's it. Because they were like uh, using their for, styles to create jingles. Except yeah. for the Yelvis one, the What yeah. Does the Fox Say, which was just weird. Yeah, <laughs> well, they were, they were all a little weird. But anyway, then there was Dunkin' Donuts with Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, which was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And Rakuten of Alicia Silverstone, Downey with Danny McBride, Squarespace with Adam Driver, and Pop Corners with Brian Craston, Aaron Paul, and Raymond Cruz. Yep. And then, of course, last but not least, there was Pepsi Zero with Steve Martin and Ben Siller. What was your favorite of all of those? I think, well, it, you know, the Rakatoon one has, that's always been weird, but it was a parody of Mean Girls, I think. And I've never seen Mean Girls, so that one didn't land with me. Downey did Danny McBride, who I have never heard of. Yeah. Squarespace did Adam Driver sort of as a parody of The Matrix. Yeah. Even though I like The Matrix, I'm not too fond of Adam Driver. I find him creepy, just at <laughs> a personal habit. And <laughs> Popcorners was where... Cranston and Paul are reviving their roles from Breaking Bad, and I never watched Breaking Bad. So, all that said, the two that talked most to me was Workday, because, you know, they chose the rock stars in there from our generation of rock. Billy Idol, Gary Clark Mm -hmm. Jr., Joan Jett, Ozzy Osbourne, and Paul Stanley from Kiss, the lead man from Kiss. Mm -hmm. The lead uh, rhythm guitarist. Anyway, 
So you actually know that I, I all I recognized was that it was Kiss. I couldn't yeah. have told you who it was because I never paid attention to them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> if you couldn't tell they were Kiss, then you had your head under a rock from 1975 to probably 2023. <laughs> yeah. Because um, he was in full makeup and elevator boots and the whole works. Yeah. But it's at, the only one in that list that I didn't recognize was Gary Clark Jr., but I recognized the guitar playing, which is sort of interesting. Yeah. And Dunkin' Donuts, I'm sort of split between the two. I think I would go with Workday, personally, because it spoke to you know men of my age or or people of my age, and it was business-oriented. Right. Because... The whole thing was business people calling each other rock stars, which is just really is annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My personal favorite of all of those is the Dunkin' Donuts one, which, strangely enough, I actually heard somebody talking about it before I saw the ad. You know, it was like everybody was making a big deal about the fact that Ben Affleck actually worked at a Dunkin' mm-hmm. Donuts to get that ad. And those were real people going through the drive through and trying to get selfies. <laughs> selfies with him or not oh, knowing yeah. who Ordering he was. Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so I really liked that one and the fact, you know, that Jennifer Lopez comes, but this is where you are, you know. So I really appreciated just the overall feel of that ad simply because it was celebrity act with real people, you know, because that's, that's what makes celebrities celebrities is real people knowing who they are. And a lot of those ads went way past me because I didn't know that I mean, I could tell they were supposed to be celebrities by the format of the ad, but I didn't know who they were. Yeah. So I do know who Ben Affleck is, and I know who Jennifer Lopez is. So yeah. that yeah. one really, really hit me fairly well. I have to say that the Uber One, probably I recognized more of the Uber One stars really? than I did the Workday stars. Yeah. Huh, that's interesting. So, it's definitely yeah. the other way for me. The only ones I recognized in Uber One were the the What Does the Fox Say singers. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, Donna Lewis, I listened to that. The song that she's spoofing in that ad used to be one of my favorite songs. Ah, uh, okay. So I would say that of all of those, it would definitely be Dunkin' Donuts for me. Do we need a tiebreaker? Oh, we're going to have to leave it up to the listeners, I think. <laughs> I do want to point out that we're going to be getting back to the DraftKings one a little bit later on in the episode, because we we have some thoughts on that. And a couple of the other ones as well. Yeah, We have another category that about half of those fit into. I do want to mention just mostly as a as a talking point, the Pepsi Zero, it's not real. It's just acting. I thought it was very interesting because they kind of break the fourth wall of celebrity advertising because... Mm -hmm. The whole point of having a celebrity stand up for a product is to say, you know, the celebrity uses this product and likes it. So therefore, the common people should like it as well. Exactly. But Pepsi Zero actually breaks that fourth wall and goes, okay, we are paid to act. We are paid to give you emotional moments and we're paid to, you know, do all of these things. And so when we're on an ad, we're paid to tell you that we like this. So, mm, this is good, or is it? Or am I just acting? I thought that that really is a good spokes ad for the entire category because it really is using the demographics of the celebrity, you know, who that celebrity speaks to to sell to that particular audience. So, you know who this celebrity is, the celebrity uses that product. So, therefore, you like that celebrity, so you should like the product. Yeah. That speaks to the entire type of marketing 
of the, you know, the demographic marketing. And I like the honesty of Pepsi Zero. (laughs) (laughs) And I, you know, the, the whole, it's not real, it's just acting. That kind of plays on pretty much everything that we talk about in this podcast, you know, from a standpoint of critical thinking and knowing that it's blatant in advertising that marketing is involved, but that marketing is also involved in movies and in TV shows and news. It's all marketing a concept or, or ideas to a demographic audience. And so, you know, the superhero movies are, you know, pinpointed at a specific demographic and news is pinpointed at a certain demographic. So I think that Pepsi zero, in fact, I'm kind of rethinking my thoughts now. I'm almost <laughs> want to make Pepsi Zero the winner in that. Even though I really like the Dunkin' Donuts, the honesty of Pepsi Zero in speaking to the fact that they are purposely marketing through the use of celebrities, I, th- I think that makes them the winners. Yeah, it's, I, I've got to agree with the way that they left it hanging, whether or not Pepsi Zero was actually good or not. <laughs> I mean, the last thing they say is, you'll have to try for yourself. Right. Which is exactly what you were saying. It's sort of like the core of what we do the podcast for. You got to think for yourself and don't just get dragged into whatever it is you're watching. I love the way that the Pepsi Zero commercial makes you question whether or not they're acting at the end. And the last thing they say in both commercials is, try for yourself. And that puts me in the mind of Hebrews 5.14, where the writer of Hebrews, presumably Paul, says, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. And that's what we are doing with Are You Just Watching? That's we're we're trying to provide material for folks to train their powers of discernment. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that is a good category. I think, you know, like I said, that wipes out about 50 to 60% of the (laughs) ads in one category, but it just seemed like, like that was the thing, Mm. you know, every, every Super Bowl has like the thing. I think the last time we did one of these, about half the ads fit into the SJW, the social justice warrior category, because that was like really big. That wasn't last year. It was two years ago, right? I think it may have been three years ago. It's been a while since we've done it. Yeah. That was the thing. I think if if you had like one category that you would throw everything that, you know, to, to speak of the Super Bowl commercials in 2023, it would be celebrity because yeah. that, that seemed to be the, the biggest deal. I wanted to point out that there, traditionally, there has always been a commercial doing, during the Super Bowl that was not built around celebrities. And this year, for the first year in as long as I can remember, they did not have it. Mm. The Budweiser Horses. Yeah, they played off of it a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. It was at the beginning of the ad, but then they went into something else. Yeah, I I miss the Budweiser horses. They're always the best commercials, too, in my opinion. Yeah, and their little dog as well. We will touch on Budweiser later on in in our episode, because they did come into one of our categories. But 
All right. So as a play off of the celebrity, we decided to break out some of them into a separate category called spoofing entertainment. Mm -hmm. And we have five in that category. Rakuten, which we have already mentioned, which I think is, you said it was off of Mean Girls. Mean Girls, I think. I thought it was off of Clueless, but I could be wrong. Or maybe. You, You know what? I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it is Clueless. Yeah. And then there's Squarespace with Adam Driver, which, as we mentioned before, kind of has a Matrix feel to it. Pop Corners, which is playing off of Breaking Bad, yes. I believe, which is something I've never watched. I could tell it was spoofing something, but I didn't really get what it was spoofing because I've never seen it. And then GM, let's give EVs more screen time, actually played off of multiple entertainment properties, which were all from Netflix, I believe. Yep. So it's kind of like a double ad. It was like advertising Netflix and GM at the same time. And, you know, it. I don't think it ever mentions – we'll have to look at it again. We'll link it in the show yeah. notes. We'll link all of these in the show notes, obviously. But I don't think it ever actually mentions Netflix. It wasn't until this morning that I realized that all of the properties that it spoofed are Netflix properties. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the final one that I added to this category was the Ram Premature Electrification, which is actually spoofing an ad, but not a TV show. But when you watch it, it's it's definitely spoofing the general pharmaceutical ad that <laughs> is listing symptoms and then telling the, you the that. The ED ads. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, specifically. They, they seem to be in so. all my programs because I'm the right demographic. <laughs> And it depends on which networks you're watching yeah. as well. I oh, see yeah, them a lot on certain networks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I would say from production value and recognition. It's, you know, I would have to go, you know, if I take it out of my own personal opinion, I would have to say Popcorners was the one that. Yeah, that, that was got the one the I was leaning towards recognition too. value. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and it felt like it was a was a very good mockery because it was it spoofed it with the correct actors, mm-hmm. and even though I hadn't seen the program, I could tell. I mean, it was so obvious that they were spoofing something. Yeah, that yeah. I got that it was a spoof without having seen the thing they were spoofing. So, and that that's a certain talent too, right? Because yeah. it's even you who have never seen a single episode of Breaking Bad could work out what it was for. Yeah. They did, that means they did it pretty well. Yeah. All right, so the whole point of that ad is really treating, you know, snack food as like a drug. And you know, gluttony is probably one of the standards that you could go to as a as a sin and mm-hmm. from scripture yeah. but i i think it's more of a, a good thing to remember that no matter what we're doing even eating snack food it sh- it should be done for the glory of god so that's first uh, corinthians ten thirty one. so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do all to the glory of god you know now that i think about it there have been a couple different advertising campaigns where they focused on the addictive nature. Mm-hmm. Lay's had the bet you can't eat just one. Mm-hmm. And Pringles had once you pop, you just can't stop. Yeah. And Pringles had some, we didn't actually list it in any of our categories, but the Pringles ad 
they were actually kind of annoying. Yeah, it was uh, for the Super Bowl. You know, they're all about them getting their their hands stuck in a in a can of of Pringles and not being able to get their hand out. It was a and, flop, but I it was a big flop. But I do want to point out that they did have a pro life statement in there. Oh yeah, that's right. The baby, the baby in the, the womb. The baby in the womb with the with the can on its hand. And the hand, guy yeah. going, that just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. But it was a pro life statement. So yep. I have to give them a mark for that. Okay, so moving on to the next category, most emotional moment. Now, we had this the last time we did awards. There is always, you know, the pulling the heartstrings ads. I think there was only one that was really pulling the heartstrings this time, and that was the farmer's dog food. Yeah. There's always got to be a touching dog food commercial. But the other two that are on our list is the Budweiser commercial, which I told you we would get Mm -hmm. back to that one. It starts with like you're watching the old Budweiser Clydesdale ad on the TV, and then it zooms out and it's talking about giving Budweiser to passing it around to all of the people who stand up and and drink Budweiser, you know, that do the things, you know. So it's really a, a play on... The fact that Budweiser is the beer for the common man, mm-hmm. who are the workers, the the jammers, the you know the people who are doing things and creating things. In a way, it's kind of a, an emotional ad, but I think it misses the true emotion of previous Budweiser ads because everybody loves the horses. So to leave them out, I think, I don't know. To me, it's a fail. I don't think it was a fail. I just think it. It didn't hit home for me. And it may be that mm-hmm. neither you or I are drinkers. That and we're not the demographic they were pointing yeah, at. Either. Yeah, exactly. We don't play a pickup game of basketball in the city park or <laughs> we don't frequent Jam food trucks or, you know, stuff like that. So maybe, uh, but I do like Kevin Bacon and he had a sort of a cameo in it. I don't think it failed. I think it just didn't hit home for us. That's all. Yeah, I think saying it wasn't our demographic is probably the the safest. The final ad in this category, and there may have been others and we just missed them. So after all, this is said and done. If you guys have other categories or winners that you want to talk about, feel free to come and join us in the Discord chat on our Discord channel, areyoujustwatching.com slash Discord. And you can come in and add to these categories and we can have more awards within our chat. So make sure that you come and join us afterwards. But the final one that we have for this category is the Kia Binky Dad ad. (laughs) And I actually saw this one being talked about a lot. This one actually made some news channel, you know, like local news were talking about the ads and this one was talked about several times. It's basically the the dad who forgot the binky and has to, you know, do this whole driving through traffic and all of this stuff to get home to get the binky. And it's like turned into like this action flick. So it's not really strongly emotional. And one of the news agencies that I saw talk about it, they said you kind of forget what's being advertised because you get caught up in the action of whether or not he's going to get the binky. And you forget that it's a car commercial for Kia. Yeah. So in that instance, my my brother used to tell me many years ago, because he went into advertising, uh, graphic design, that kind of thing. And he said, you can always tell an ad fails, even if it's a massive success, but you can't say at the end of the ad what it was advertising. So there's another one on this list we're going to talk about with that, too. 
Yeah. So I think the Kia Binky dad follow was a very intriguing ad that really caught your attention. It failed because you forgot what it was advertising <laughs> by the time you got to the end. So I think the, it's a clear winner on this one. I think the farmer's dog food is the clear winner in that mm. category. I think you would agree. Yeah. And it is such a common trope because it, you know, it starts with the dog coming home and there's a puppy. And of course, there's a little girl who grows up with the dog and it follows the dog and the girl all the way through her firstborn child. You know, it, it's that trope of uh, a dog's life being shorter, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the local commercials that played during the Super Bowl for us was a Virginia Beach SPCA ad that was almost identical to that farmer's dog food commercial. But it was clearly with, done with local production values. You know, you can always you can always tell when it's a local production. Yeah. But it's like a, a reliable heartstrings moment that you can always go to because half the people out there are dog people, right? At least. If you can reach 50% of the people with a single ad, you're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it speaks to pet ownership in general. So it's not just dogs, it's cats, it's hamsters, it's fish. It You know, it speaks to anybody who has yeah. pets that they love, short-lived pets that they I love. I do want to say on the Binky Dad one, I was really irritated with the mother. <laughs> <laughs> Because they get to what looks like a ski lodge with a newborn. Don't ask me why they would go skiing with a newborn, but that's another story altogether. And she turns to her husband and says, you did remember the binky, didn't you? And then there's this whole thing of him running home to get the binky, and he is on the news, and everybody's rooting for him, because apparently he has to drive across half the continental United States to do it. And when he gets back with the binky, which for those who have never worked with children, a binky is a pacifier, it's pink. And he sticks it in the baby's mouth and the baby immediately spits it out. And the mother says, she wants the blue one. (laughs) And I'm like, well, why didn't you say that? Yeah. Romans 12, 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And that's exactly what the advertisers are wanting us to do. They're wanting us to sympathize with the the people in the commercial. So moving along, one of the things that really stuck out to me when I first started watching the ads was that there was one ad that really stood out as being super creepy. <laughs> so we decided we decided to do a creepiest ad award for this category because there were actually maybe two or three that were creepy. One that I think really was over the top creepy and I can't imagine why that would appeal to anybody and I hope it actually <laughs> bankrupts the company. <laughs> well, what's interesting here is we're going to disagree on which one was the creepiest. <laughs> All right, so our nomination for this award are Snapchat, which I don't even know what you would call that ad. It's just yeah, Snapchat. Well, it, it's a, you know, social media technology one, right? Yeah, it's all about, you know, twisting reality to to fit your perspective, I think, is really uh, uh, what that... I'm going to guess you've never used Snapchat. I have used Snapchat. You have. Have you ever used the filters? 
No, I used it because I taught high school girls, and the only way that I could communicate、uh, with them was through Snapchat. Okay, and as soon as I quit teaching high school girls, I took it off my phone that, as quickly as possible. That's understandable. <laughs> But、uh, do you remember the the news story about a year back of the lawyer? Right when we started the COVID, stay home, work from home thing, the lawyer who got stuck as a kitten. No, I guess a, I missed that. A, really, he he was in a mandatory court appearance for his client, and his daughter or his niece had just used his phone to do a Snapchat call, and he comes into the courtroom not realizing that there's a filter on, and to the judge and everyone else in the legal Snapchat call, he is a talking kitten. Oh my goodness, that's awful. That it made all the news channels. Okay,、well, I missed it. But that—that's what this is talking about. It's—I—I I saw this commercial as inject fun into everything that you do. See the world through fun glasses, even though it certainly had peyote kind of vibe. Yeah. Well, I didn't like it anyway. <laughs> The other nominees for this category are "To Be Down the Rabbit Hole" and "E Trade Wedding." Yeah, and the "To Be Down the Rabbit Hole."、Um, oh, 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 this.、Uh, let me talk about this one. Okay. So the commercial—it's actually two different commercials, but the commercial leads in with people doing everyday things, and in the background you see a horror movie type shadow that passes by. As the commercial progr- commercial progresses, you discover that the shadow is the creepiest looking seven foot tall bipedal rabbit you have ever seen in your life,、mm. and these rabbits are abducting people from whatever they're doing and taking them to a bottomless hole and throwing them in. <laughs> I don't know how anyone could look at this and go, "Yeah, that looks like fun." <laughs> Let's go watch Tubi. Yeah, <laughs>、uh, but you know, obviously, it was go down the rabbit hole because Tubi has all kinds of movies and and television、mm-hmm. shows、yeah. and everything. But yow, <laughs> and that you know that speaks a lot to. Binge watching in general. I mean, like all of our streaming services and stuff. It's like once you get started watching, and it just the next one comes up and starts playing, and the next one comes up and starts playing. It puts a whole new meaning to having the TV on because you, in the old days when you had the TV on, it would there would be commercials and there would be switching in programs so that you know something eventually would come on that you didn't really want to watch, and then. You would end up either switching the channel, which、yeah. back when we were really kids, there weren't that many channels. But <laughs> and there was no remote, so your dad would say,、yeah. "Hey, change the channel for me." <laughs> so, oh boy, we're dating ourselves, aren't we? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the to be definitely speaks to the rabbit hole that is streaming entertainment these days. That's that's definitely, and then the E Trade Wedding one is just the the talking baby. That they've been continuing for a while. Yeah, this, this has got to be like the fifth year they've done the the E Trade yeah, babies. Yeah, and, and to be honest, it makes even less sense now because it's like a wedding of toddlers and not even toddlers. They they're like one year olds. Yeah, 
so yeah, it's it's super weird and like you said, creepy because you know putting babies into those adult situations yeah. just doesn't work. So and yeah, you know it, it, they're all all three very creepy commercials. Didn't it all start with a a baby that spit up during his father's teleconference or something like that? I don't even remember where it started, yeah. but it's been a thing for a while. And I don't know how that necessarily advertises E-Trade, but somehow or another, they've been they've gotten known for it. I guess I can see, you know, putting you in the mind of your children. Mm-hmm. But it, I really don't feel like that carries through, at least especially to this year's. Yeah. Where the best man is 11-month-old <laughs> giving a talk about, <laughs> you know... That's not even her stroller. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's the the best the best kind of joke where you can do it just by delivering the punchline is where the uh-huh. punchline makes you think of the rest of the joke and that did not work for me. Yeah. But I wanted to mention the down the rabbit hole thing because you know, are you just watching is a podcast about watching entertainment and thinking about it in a Christian critical thinking type of way. So obviously, we are not against watching TV or watching movies. But we believe, just like Scripture teaches, in moderation. Mm -hmm. And there are two Scriptures that talk to different aspects of that. First... Ephesians five fifteen through 16 says, pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of time because the days are evil. And that's, you know, talking about going down the rabbit hole. And we've all been down a rabbit hole, but we need to know when to pull ourselves out so we can get back to the work that glorifies God. And the rabbit holes can be a lot of things that can't, yeah. it's not just entertainment. I've found myself falling down the rabbit hole of playing games on my phone and tablet. Mm. So there, there are lots of rabbit holes that distract us from what we should be doing. And I, I'm a history geek. So, you know, like, it's like when we're researching for the show, I'll get sucked down a rabbit hole when I'm getting up. Oh, what, what was the last movie Alicia Silverstone was in? Oh, I remember that one. <laughs> Didn't that have the, and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. That's trivia, not not history. Yeah, that yeah, very. I, hey, a lot of history is trivial. Just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the second one is Psalm one nineteen fifteen and sixteen. I will meditate on your precepts and think about your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. And that's about coming out of the rabbit hole and why we need to focus on what's important. And we need to remember that what we're doing, we're doing for the glory of God. And while it's not an admonition that we need to spend every thinking second, you know, <laughs> meditating on the word. We do need to remember how important it is that we represent Christ in our daily life. And that that leads me to the scripture that I had pulled in for this award, which I put it under Snapchat, but it fits just as oh, well yeah. under Tubi. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That's Philippians 4, 8. Mm, good one. And so your winner, I think, is Tubi. Oh, and yeah. I think my winner is Snapchat. So we may have to have a tie on that one. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm right and you're wrong. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I did see the Tubi as being disturbing, but I think Snapchat to me was creepier on a 
I, I don't know. I I think Snapchat could have been done better, but yeah. I didn't find it as creepy, just like somebody spent too long in the sweat lodge. <laughs> yeah, well, I think they're equally bad, personally. <laughs> but. They, they, both, they both reached the bar of weirdness, that's for sure. They reached the bar, but here's the deal. Tubi, I would actually probably go and watch Tubi if if I had access to it. Snapchat, I think it's absolutely awful. And I think that it should be stripped <laughs> off of every phone it's on. So maybe, it, you know, it's my what breaks the tie for me mm-hmm. is the fact that of the two companies, Snapchat is the worst. So I am definitely in that same position for TikTok, but for a different reason entirely. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of these social interaction apps are bad. Oh, yeah. And, you know, TikTok obviously has a lot of things against it right now. But I think some of these others like Instagram and Snapchat and all of these, they have drawn our kids into a virtual world. And and I think that's why I find the Snapchat ads so Mm -hmm. creepy, is that it's all about making reality fit what you want it to be. And to me, that's super disturbing because that is what is distorting the youth of our current society is they think that they can tailor the world to fit however they want it to be. And they've completely lost touch with reality. And it's because of these apps. I mean, Snapchat is basically encouraging people to change their reality in very disturbing ways. Yeah. So anyway, I need to get off my soapbox. But yeah, that one really disturbed me. And you know, from a cybersecurity standpoint, all of these social media sites are just data mines. That is yeah. their their sole purpose. And that data goes to all the actors you don't want them to go to. Yeah. All right. So... Our next one is the funniest ad, which is a fun category because it's funny. (laughs) Our uh, nominees for this category are GM Let's Give EVs More Screen Time, which we've already discussed in the parodies or the, I guess we called it spoofing entertainment category. Mm -hmm. Then we have the Bush Survival Guide ads, which there were, it's like five of them. And they're really short spots, but they're they're pretty entertaining. And then the final one in this category is the Xfinity, the next giant leap ad. I think there's an obvious winner in this one, but I'm curious to see which one that you, you're going with. So I'm a little torn on this one. Mm. I liked the Xfinity next giant leap because I thought it was well-written, well-presented and had a twist at the end that I didn't see coming. Yeah. But, you know, I sort of feel like my man card or my man club card requires me to choose the Bush Guide. (laughs) I didn't know before we started prepping for this commercial that the one that I was thinking of as the Bush uh, Survival Guide commercial was actually only one of five. Mm -hmm. So, and I haven't watched all the rest of them yet, but I I think I'm still going to go with the Xfinity Next Giant Leap one. Yeah, that's that. That's the only one that I laughed out loud when I watched yeah. it. So that I mean, if we're talking about funniest, the one that actually makes me laugh is definitely the funniest. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm with you on that. The Xfinity, the next giant leap. I laughed so hard when I saw that one. So that is our winner. Woohoo! Will Ferrell, you know, he's a he can be a funny guy. He's not his brand of humor isn't always 
doesn't always click with me. But that one depended a lot more on the properties they were spoofing. And if you ever watched Stranger Things, the little girl on the bike would actually make Mm -hmm. a lot more sense because that's how she acted the entire series. Because I want to say she was in like four of the five, three of the four episodes or... I was going to say, I don't recognize her, and I've only seen the first two seasons of Stranger Things. She was so. in the second season, but only in, like, two episodes and for very brief times as okay. uh, she's one of the, the four's sister. Okay. It's been a long time since I've had Netflix, so I haven't been able yeah. to finish uh, finish those, that series. So, speaking of the Xfinity Next Giant Leap, the storyline in that is that, <laughs> you know, that we're seeing the first giant leap landing on the moon and there's kids there and they find out they're actually part of a game they're playing on their, I guess it's just a game they're playing. Yeah. It it doesn't give the game a title or anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's just talking about, I guess the speeds with which they can play through Xfinity. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, just the, the context of it all there, there was, you know, the fact that they're part of the game, they don't realize it, you know, that, it's interesting because I watch political shows, and I'm not going to get political in here, but one of the commentators that I watch, he has a theory that I think is hilarious. His theory is that in real life, there are players and then there are non-players. <laughs> NPCs are what is commonly called, uh, talked about the characters in these games right. that are not played by real people. Yeah, it's non-player characters. Non-player characters, right. And they exist and they they function and they act like real people, but they aren't. So his theory is that in the real world, there are actual people walking around who are not in sold, who are just there for filler. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes that's a disturbing theory. Yeah, but when you see some people, it makes you think. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I actually, when I saw this one, I thought about that um, that theory that goes through intellectual circles about how we're all living in a simulation, the mm-hmm. Matrix yeah. theory. Yeah. And I thought this was an interesting take on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The scripture that comes to mind for that one is, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. That's Proverbs seventeen twenty two. So, uh, it's always good to laugh. Now, before we move on to our next categories, I just want to throw in an advertisement for our podcast. I'm going to make this as quick as possible. So, I want to first thank our Patreon supporters for supporting our podcast. They are Isaiah Santiano, Craig Hardy, Stephen Brown II, David Lefton, and Peter Chapman. I want to thank them for their generous support. We can't continue to do what we do without our patrons, and we would appreciate it if you would consider supporting our podcast. You can go to areyoujustwatching.com slash Patreon or patreon.com slash areyoujustwatching. Take you to the same place. We also want to remind you that you can share feedback on this episode by going to our, the show notes, which will be at areyoujustwatching.com slash 137. You can call us 513-818-2959, leave a voicemail or send us a text. That is a Google number and it does accept text. You can email feedback at areyoujustwatching.com or you can join our Facebook discussion group or our Discord community, as I mentioned earlier. 
we do want to remind you to wherever you get our podcasts that you subscribe, rate and review us whenever possible and share our episodes with your friends and family so that we can broaden our audience because the more listeners we have, that impacts us a great deal. We really appreciate every single one of you. So the next category, uh, which is a repeat category from one of our previous episodes, is the best technology commercial. And we have three technology commercials in there. The first one is actually the one that just won the funniest one, which is the Xfinity, the next giant leap. And it's talking about the internet speeds that you get through Xfinity. I don't even remember who the Xfinity provider is, is it? It's not Cox. Comcast, maybe? Anyway. So after the Xfinity one, there is another home internet one, which is for T-Mobile 5G home internet, which is the the new way they're delivering home internet to folks, which is over the cell network instead of having an actual cable come to your house, which is a very interesting idea. From a technology standpoint, I'm not 100% convinced that the 5G network can handle the load, but they are being very judicious about rolling it out. So, And it, it works in places where cable doesn't work. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, like my brother has a lake house. He has a really horrible internet there until he got the T-Mobile 5G, and now he can stream stuff, and it's amazing. That, that's cool. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, yeah, it used to have to go, when you were way out in the boonies like that, you used to have to go with satellite as your yeah. only option, and that had some horrible right. latency. Anyway, yeah. so this commercial actually stars John Travolta and the two main characters from Scrubs, and I don't remember their names. My wife would, but I don't. <laughs> Yeah. Where they're making fun of the song from Greece, from Greece. Summer Nights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it was well done. I didn't think of it as a cameo one because this Travolta is definitely, he's somebody not normally associated with T-Mobile, unlike the other two guys who have been doing T-Mobile commercials for a while. Yeah. Next one in the technology category of the four is the Google Pixel 7 capability where it shows you how their picture editing software allows you to remove unwanted elements from pictures that you take. And I have a Google Pixel 6 Pro and I use that feature in my pictures and it does a scary good job working in what the background should be. I mean, Mm -hmm. scary we did some pictures of the grandkids when we went to the zoo and I use it to remove other people from the pictures. And it was like the other people were never there. Yeah. It's a little scary when you realize that you can never trust a picture yeah. we, oh, or man. a video or anything and, else. Oh, anymore. Yeah. yeah. We really need technology to catch up so that it can tell us when we're being faked anyway. Yeah. So it starts as a very nostalgic commercial, and then it's interrupted halfway through by celebrity comedian Amy Schumer saying, wait, you mean I can remove my exes from my pictures? And the next five or six ones where it demonstrates the removal is pictures of Amy Schumer and presumably ex-boyfriends. Yeah. Who she didn't even, some of them she didn't even yeah, remember. Exactly. So. <laughs> you know, if I dated someone... And they don't remember me, I would be insulted. 
<laughs> but I think that was probably the point. And, well, it depends on how many people you date. Uh, That's yeah, the issue. Well, that, that speaks to another problem altogether. Yes, it does. And the final one was actually for a product I use, which is a Dexcom glucose monitor for diabetics. They were advertising mm-hmm. the new one, the Dexcom 7. I use the Dexcom 6, which is uh, an implantable glucose monitor. And I'll tell you what, these things, the, the tagline in the commercial... Not magic, just feels that way. But I'll tell you what... This thing prevents me from having to do finger sticks four times a day, and I would give my right arm to get away from doing those stupid finger sticks. So I'm partial to the Dexcom, but I'm also Mm -hmm. already familiar with it. So I think as far as the best technology commercial, I'd have to go with the T-Mobile Home Internet. They were all equal to me. Mm. I kind of think from a critical thinking standpoint, I think the Pixel 7 Mm. probably has a greater impact because it's talking about deep faking and and changing reality, which I think has a, from a critical thinking standpoint, is a worrisome form of technology. Yeah, that's a a red red flag award there. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, just the, the point of what we are as, you know, what we are doing with this podcast, I think that maybe pointing that out might be more than just from a production standpoint of the commercial. I think either one of those yeah. is probably fine. One's winning on one th- one part of it, and one's winning on another part of it. But, yeah. All right. So, for the Pixel 7, the scripture that comes to mind for that one is, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And that's just a reminder that we don't have... Uh, a firm grip on reality based on the way our culture's going with deep fakes and apps on our phone that can literally change reality by taking people out of pictures mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So, or even I know that like with Photoshop now, you can actually, it's not just taking people out of pictures. You can actually change the sky on pictures. Yeah. You can, can change it from a, a sunny day to a cloudy day or a cloudy day to a sunny day. It's like it literally changes reality when, when you can play with stuff like and that. You, so you do a lot with graphics art. So you probably do a lot with uh, Photoshop and mm-hmm. Photoshop's been able to do a lot of this, you know, stuff for a for while, a while yeah. but you, it's required special skills to do it. And yeah. now, <laughs> now you have anyone a, can, you do, can it. do it on your phone. Yeah. It, and you know, this goes back and I think we've talked about this chat GPT thing in the past too, where, Mm-hmm. They can write entire essays. We just found one for show notes. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. I ran our last episode through it, and I was like, well, this did a better job than I can. <laughs> You're replaced. Yeah. Well, thanks. Last episode. Bye-bye. Well, we had a category that we're reprising from the last time we did the awards, but it doesn't have a lo- enough entries, <laughs> so we'll just mention it in passing. The winner by default. Winter by default of the most patriotic commercial is WeatherTech. They're the only ones who thought of a patriotic demographic in, yeah. in, during the Super Bowl, which is kind of sad, to be honest. It, yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, the last one we did, there were like four or five entries in this category. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I specifically wanted to talk about this one because it has a political undertone that that touched a nerve with me because, it, it as I'm sure regular listeners know, You and I differ politically on some core elements of conservatism. Mm -hmm. 
we don't get into politics too yeah. often because that's not the point of our podcast, thankfully. Um, I am very sensitive to even a hint of Christian nationalism, which is not where you go. But the Trump campaign was very big on putting America first. I mean, it was even one of their slogans. And this WeatherTech mm -hmm. commercial grabs onto that, and I feel like it's targeting the Trump supporters, the MAGA people, because it, it starts out saying, when we wanted to build a factory in the United States, we were told, you can't do that. When we wanted to hire in the United States, we were told, you can't do that. And it turned out all to be for the WeatherTech folks. And I want to say here that WeatherTech is a really good company. They make incredible things, if, even if sometimes a little off-brand. But I felt like they were aiming at the Trump supporters specifically with this commercial, which to me speaks to how patriotism is seeing the same divide that politics is. Politics, you know, it's always been divisive. We go back to the Whigs and the Democrats way back in John Madison. And it's it's been divisive, but it, it hasn't divided the general populace the way that it does today because we have so much more access to, to information. information. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think it's the internet has really made politics. But yeah, it, it's very interesting. There's still a lot of people, I would say, at least 70% of the population, probably more, it might be closer to 80% popula population, don't care. Mm. They don't have a horse in the race. They do honestly don't care. And I think that when you do ads like this, they may speak to the demographic you mentioned, but at the same time, for the people who don't care, who don't have a horse in the race or a dog yeah. in the fight, or whichever <laughs> it <Whatever you>. is, <laughs> it, it also speaks to them from a standpoint of, jobs yeah. and economy yeah, and and things that do matter to the general population outside of politics. And that that's why it worked. Yeah, and I don't necessarily think that jobs and economy and made in America is necessarily a political bent. Maybe Trump made it that way mm -hmm. because the global network that is controlling a lot of our politics these days oh, yeah. are anti-American. And so to have a political person who stands up and says, you know, America first, it makes it political when it doesn't necessarily, or in my opinion, it really shouldn't be. If you live in America, you should love America and you should want to put America first, mm -hmm. simply from the standpoint of you want the country that you live in, that you are citizens of to succeed. You don't want it to fail because when it fails, it'll be catastrophic for you as a citizen of yeah. it. So, you know, I, I actually just wrote a paper for class uh, last week mm -hmm. comparing the perspective of citizenry between natural-born Americans and naturalized Americans, Americans who actually have to prepare and test and mm -hmm. take a, yeah. an oath and everything. And it, it's that way, too. We're, we're just not – the natural-born ones are, are focusing on their entitlements. Right. While the naturalized ones are a lot more cognizant of the responsibilities of being a citizen. Right. And, and you know, that's a greater conversation that yeah. we could have later. But anyway, WeatherTech wins the award simply yeah. because they're the only ones that fit in that category. And we will move on. Now, 
when it came to Super Bowl commercials, the one that stood out to me the most is <laughs> what I think is going to win this next category. Oh, no question um, on my mind. Yeah, so uh, the Sin Spotlight category, which is one we created for our previous episode because <laughs> so much, so many ads promote Sin. I mean, you could just like, you could go down the list, you know, gluttony and sex it, and, all, and all of that. It, it, it's like and, there's a Catholic nun standing over you with a ruler. Yeah, and probably the biggest one I would say uh, from, you know, the whole celebrity thing is idolatry, because mm-hmm. we idolize celebrities in our culture to the point of they can tell us to do something and we'll do it just because they're somebody famous. Mm-hmm. But the commercial that just slapped me in the face oh. and cringe was avocados from Mexico. And they usually have really funny commercials, too. Yeah, and I think they were aiming for fun, but because we're Christians, and I think it... I feel like it it, it might be because we're evangelical Christians, and this one, yeah. this one is sort of making fun of the gospel. And, and of course, we're already telling you that Avocados from Mexico is the winner of this category, which is a bad thing, not a good thing. Yeah. But the other ad we put in the category is DraftKings, which is for gambling. Online gambling, yeah. You know what? I was like, why are they advertising this? But anyway, it it was a celebrity ad, and it was obviously talking to the people who is easy access to a vice that people should not yeah. be involved in. But nonetheless, the avocados from Mexico was basically saying that the the original sin of eating the fruit that you know Eve did in the Garden of Eden, they did rightfully present the fact that that one action affected the entire world mm-hmm. that was true and i'm you know at least they so <laughs> they went so far as as that you're saying that the the commercial was accurate for the first 3 seconds right okay and then yes and then uh, you know the the little was a prairie dog yeah. pops up and says here try this and it gives them an avocado it and makes it everything makes everything better, better. yeah, yeah. And and so then they send you to the big avocado and everybody's naked and and it's like the big avocado which it, is they, clearly the big apple. Right, right. Which maybe makes sense, you know, that the they call it the big apple because it is the a big source of sin and people think uh, of the apple as being the the forbidden fruit. Yeah, so Yeah. I guess in a way they're backhandedly saying that they they want to replace the apple as the idiom for avarice and put it on the avocado mm. instead, which <laughs> that's sort uh, of a to twist. Me that's a huge negative. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, the the whole commercial was a slap in the face. I think you know, and and it it was basically saying you know that that people could. There are some pros. I keep going. It's like they're adequately representing the fact that we're naked mm-hmm. and the origin of clothes and the reason we wear clothes all results from the first sin in in the garden of eden which a lot of people don't connect those anymore in our culture so they yeah they made a good connection there one of the things i liked about the commercial too was they presented all body types even though most of it was you know beautiful young men and women who don't have more than 10 ounces of fat in their entire body Mm-hmm. They did show some people as realistic body types, which was 
refreshing. <laughs> but at the same time, think about it from this standpoint. All of the things that they're presenting in the big avocado, including body types, are a result of sin. Yeah, exactly. So even though the one thing that they said, you know, that they suddenly knew they were naked mm-hmm. when Eve ate the fruit. And so if Eve hadn't eaten the fruit and had eaten an avocado instead, they could have lived with their nakedness mm-hmm. and everybody could be naked and be happy. That was not the only thing that happened in the Garden of Eden. And that is not the only result of the first sin. And while they were showing everybody no longer wearing clothes, they were showing all of the other things that are results yeah, of sin exactly. in the big avocado. So it's definitely spotlighting the origin of sin, which in one aspect is a good thing. Yeah, this it definitely wins the sin spotlight award. I think the only way this one could have been more crass is if it ended with an avocado being crucified. Yeah. It destroys the gospel, definitely. No argument, by the way, on, on the winner, uh, the avocado mm-hmm. being the winner. But one thing I wanted to yeah. say on the DraftKings, in, here in Virginia, online betting has only been legal for, I want to say, two years. And we are inundated on every channel with commercials by DraftKings and another big casino from Vegas. But every single one of these commercials, including the DraftKings one during the Super Bowl, starts with a little blurb at the bottom that's sort of like the Surgeon General warning on cigarettes. And the blurb is, do you have a gambling problem? Call this number for help. And every time, (laughs) it makes me think of the village gossip who starts her conversations by saying, I really shouldn't tell you this, but I didn't mean to imply (laughs) that it was always woman. I was just thinking of, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, Fiddler on the roof, actually, (laughs) literally. That's like, they know it's bad and they know people are addicted, but they're still putting it out there because they want to make money. Yeah, and I think that we should see it have an honorable mention in the Sin Spotlight category for all of the the drinking, the alcohol commercials, because there were a ton of them. And while I'm not of the religious camp that believes that all alcohol is sinful, alcohol definitely has room for abuse. So alcoholics have problems and you know, and especially in the kind of culture that we see these, you know, beers and other alcoholic drinks being advertised, it is for the excess of a use of it. It's not taking a little for your stomach kind of idea. So, yeah, yeah we, we should have an honorable you mention know, of alcohol. Just in, in companion to that, I want to throw out a book recommendation, a great book called The Search for God in Guinness. Mm-hmm. This is going to sound strange. You find God in the weirdest places. Mm-hmm. And the idea that Guinness is one of the largest names in missionary work is something a lot of people don't understand. The Mm -hmm. book by Stephen Mansfeld is so good. I can't help but to recommend it because it it really highlights how alcohol can be done correctly. Hmm. Okay. Well, before we move on, we do want to remind people about the true gospel, uh, you know, with not the, the twisted uh, Adam and Eve ate an avocado idea, but the true gospel is John fourteen six through 7. Jesus told them, I am the way, the mm. truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father from now 
on you do know him and have seen him because you have seen me. I'm going to add that because that's what he's saying. So yeah, avocados do not make things better. Jesus does. And that is the the source of the truth that we represent in this podcast. And we want to make sure that people know that sin is the reason we need Jesus. And our world is full of sin. We are all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. Sin became as a result of Adam, but through Adam, we are all sinners. And because we are sinners through Adam, we require to have our sin paid for as a blood debt. And Jesus died on the cross to pay that. And then he was resurrected to show his conquering of death. And he lives in heaven now to make intercession before us so that when we sin, we have an intercessor who speaks on our behalf. And that is the true gospel. And if you need to know more about that, please contact us. We want to be able, if you have not experienced that life change through Jesus, we want to be able to talk to you about that. So I do also want to mention that Answers in Genesis, which is a biblical authority ministry that specializes in Genesis 1 through 11, obviously had to do a comeback to the avocados commercial. And we'll post the link to that in our show notes, because it's kind of funny that, of course, they had to speak to it because it dealt with Adam and Eve. Okay, so our next category is most SJW. And I think we already mentioned that the previous episode that we did on Super Bowl commercials I would say at least half the commercials were heavily SJW. And this time, only a couple really stood out to us. So it's definitely fallen out of popularity, which I appreciate because (laughs) I hate being having, you know, these, the social justice being hammered. And, you know, there may have been a few more than these that kind of implied it, but they weren't like in your face, Mm -hmm. hitting you in the face with it. So. The two that we put in this category are the Remy Martin. Uh, what were they advertising in that? Yeah, another failed commercial. Cognac, Remy Martin Cognac, I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. All righty. Okay. And then the other one, which we've already put in several categories, is the GM Let's Give EVs More Screen Time. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that commercial really fit in a lot of c- categories. Yeah, they they sort of it's like they had check boxes and they were like, okay, environmentalism check, <laughs> humor check, parodies check. Yeah. So I put the Remy Martin in because the commercial is uh, mostly a voiceover by Serena Williams, and mm-hmm. it's one of those you know inspirational. Let's do it for the Gipper speeches where they they talk about no one can keep us down and and all of that. But the flashing imagery really does have a, a social justice aspect to it. And I'm mm-hmm. it's not really subtle, but it's it's also not in your face. Yeah. I, I felt it was pretty well done as that goes. I'm not a fan of those commercials in general. Yeah. It was I t- okay. I, I literally zoned out in that commercial. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can see doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It- <laughs> it's like, this is not speaking to me. I don't care. <laughs> so I think the winner of this, and since he's been in multiple categories and mm-hmm. hasn't won, I really think we have to give this one to the GM commercial. The Perpetual Runner Up Award goes to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mainly because the whole climate. Yeah. 
putting EVs and everything. The reason, you know, I think this commercial is really super silly is, you know, like they show EVs in a program before yeah, Bridgerton cars were even invented. Mm-hmm. And then it shows it during like zombie apocalypse where in in that case, it would not be driving. It would be a, a brick because there would be no electricity <laughs> to charge it with. I'm telling you, you're putting too much logic into it. My first thought was, why is his window down? (laughs) To me, it's almost like not working as what they are trying to make it work as. You know, it's like, how can we show how useless EVs are? (laughs) (laughs) And speaking as somebody who has a hybrid, I actually went out of my way to purchase a hybrid this year. So I do believe in taking care of our environment as much as is possible from a logical standpoint. Oh, yeah. Stewardship is a very real calling. I, I think sometimes people think that Christians are completely anti-environment, and we're no. not. We just don't believe in putting the environment on a pedestal and worshiping mm-hmm. it. And so in the aspect of I am going to take care of the environment as much as I am physically able to do so, I put solar panels on my house and I bought a hybrid. I'm not going to buy an EV because I don't think it makes sense right now to have a a car that you have to plug in to yeah. drive. Premature. Yeah. Yeah, it ju- it just doesn't Premature make sense to me. Premature electrification. Right. But from a social justice standpoint, I think that this may have been a counterproductive ad actually. Mm. At least we weren't hit over the heads with you know, social justice this time, the way we had yeah. been in the past. Yeah, and that and that's a good thing. And just to wrap this up from a scriptural standpoint, obviously, speaking of the environment, puts me in the mind of the stewardship that God gave us over our environment, which is Genesis one twenty eight. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky and every creature that crawls on the earth. And that rule does not mean abuse. That means take care of, steward. Mm -hmm. And that is what we should be doing. That should be our biblical standpoint on environmentalism is that we are to take care of our environment, but we're not to make it a God. That's the thing is God gave us dominion over the earth. But Mm -hmm. when God gives dominion, he doesn't give, you know, tyrannical authority. He gives stewardship Right. And we are to be taking care of, we're stewarding mm-hmm. the earth. And people just, they hear dominion and they're like, oh, uh, you want to be Hitler, do you? Yeah. But that that's not it. <laughs> that's not it at all. Yeah. I think that is a misunderstanding of syntax. And it, it demonstrates how words have changed in yeah. our culture. It's like, I think that as Christians, we should be very quick to ask for definitions and when people use words, because I think in our culture, what we mean by a word can mean something different to to other people. And so when it comes down to it, it's like reading the scripture, even like this one and presenting it to people is going ahead and giving definitions for the words. There's You're not reading anything into the scripture or twisting it in any way by de- actually defining the terms, because you have to be able to translate into the cultural mm-hmm syntax of our society in order to make it make sense to them. And in the instance of this ruling over the fish and and subduing the earth is not a 
these are not destructive verbs. This is not syntax that says we are to destroy our environment. This is syntax that we are supposed to have care over our environment. We're supposed to regulate it and take care of it. And these are not destructive words. So yeah, that, yeah, that, exactly. that should be our, our biblical standpoint. Well, that concludes our awards, and we had some wonderful entries and some really bad entries, and I <laughs> think that this demonstrates our culture very adequately when we talk about the advertising and the demographics and the marketing that goes on. And as I mentioned earlier on, advertisements are very obvious about the demographics and the marketing, but these are the same things that happen in our movies and TV as well. So we always have to be sensitive to them. They're Mm -hmm. less obvious. I did want to wrap up by talking about some commercials that probably didn't get a lot of airtime, uh, either during the Super Bowl or at other times. Um, The ones that were during the Super Bowl that I think are, are kind of downplayed because they don't want to talk about them were the He Gets Us ads. Mm-hmm. These were Christian ads that I think were very well done, and I appreciate the fact that they aired during the Super Bowl, and sadly, they are not getting a lot of, like I said, people are not noticing them. I expected them to get a lot more notice in news, if only because, mm-hmm. you know, they were so... Blatantly Christian? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> They didn't want to give them notice that, you know, if if you talk about them, then that means people notice them and look them up and watch them. And if you don't talk about them, then they're forgettable. They don't want people to know about Jesus. And so if they talk about the ads, people will see the ads and then they might actually Mm. think about the gospel. The other ads that I wanted to mention, and they are definitely not Super Bowl ads, but They've been something that have been catching my eye during Christmas time for quite a mm-hmm. while is the Chick-fil-A stories of Evergreen Hills. And they've created this serial story that covers a, a bit of time in which there's this gentleman in a time shop who regulates and helps people make the best use of their time with family and friends and what have you. And they're really heart-touching stories. And Chick-fil-A is really made. Yeah. You know, it's not so much. I, I'm sure the ads run on TV. I've never seen them run on TV. I don't, but you I go don't out think of I've ever way, seen them on TV. You go out of your way to see them at Christmas time. And they produce them and announce them very much like movies that are coming out, even though they're very short. Mm-hmm. And you look them up and, and you can actually go to their Chick-fil-A YouTube channel and watch them in order, which I had never done before until we were prepping for this. And yeah, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that you can just watch them all in order together and see how they flow. Chick-fil-A is an amazing company. I don't I don't want to build them up too much from an idol standpoint because it, it's easy for us to grab hold of these. In fact, I've heard them referred to as God's food, you know. <laughs> which is really? funny. God, I God's like fan of chicken? <laughs> yeah. I never would have thought that. I have to admit that I'm a big fan of Chick-fil-A and I eat there a lot. Yeah, I do too. I appreciate the atmosphere and the service that you get in their inside their restaurants and knowing that the company as a whole, maybe not so much now because they got raked over the coals for it, but they do support some really good charities with the money that you spend there and that they themselves are as an organization are very often the ones that step forward to feed, feed people, you know, like, I had heard when they had the blizzard down in Georgia, mm-hmm. was that two or three years ago? I was trying to remember yeah. when that happened. Yeah. Uh, the the interstate actually got backed up because they're not capable of cut clearing roads down there. And the Chick-fil-A people 
made it to work. And instead of opening their restaurant and feeding whoever actually made it there, they cooked up a bunch of sandwiches and started feeding people that were stuck on the road free of charge. They weren't charging them for the sandwiches. They were just handing out food. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thing that I think goes so far in our culture today is, you know, it's it's an organizational mindset that they're willing to step out and, and do things for people. And that those ads kind of, you know, perpetuate that, you know, yeah. that, that we're supposed to be making the best of our time and looking out for people who need our help. And that's there's not a more Christian way of presenting an advertisement for chicken sandwiches than, <laughs> you know, I mean. Yeah, you know, what, what they do is they advertise fruits of the spirit. Right. But without making it overtly Christian. Right. So the folks that it reach out, it works with the spirit to touch people in different ways. And you know, hopefully there's there's people who look at this going, what do they have that I don't? Yeah. Well, you know, McDonald's has been doing that for the last probably decade, trying to figure out what Chick-fil-A has that they don't. Yeah. Chick-fil-A has surpassed McDonald's as the most family-friendly fast food destination. And they're frequently the winners of the fastest drive-thru. Yes, yes. And I've heard people say that for, you know, crowd management and stuff that they should just put Chick-fil-A employees in charge that they would always. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I heard they should replace FEMA. Yeah. So anyway, what they're doing works and people are noticing. And yep. I think that's a good thing. Well, I believe that wraps up this episode. We haven't picked anything for March yet, but March will be on us before we know it. So we will be looking into that soon. And if you have any ideas and want to recommend anything, please let us know. If you have stuck with us long enough to make it to the end of this episode, I would like to know whether any of you are interested in hearing us discuss Amazon's The Peripheral. And the reason why I'm going to put that out to our audience, I think Tim and I are both willing to discuss it and Mm -hmm. like the show and want to talk about it. But it is a very vile show from the standpoint of violence and language. And I don't know how many of our listeners would actually have watched the show and want to hear us discuss it. So I will be putting that question out on our social media as well to see whether people are interested in hearing a review of the peripheral on Amazon. You really do have to be uh, braced for the language and the violence, even though it's done in such a way where it may make sense in the context. Right. Yeah. It's a bit of a shock. (laughs) And I love the high concept idea of the show. And that's really what I want to talk about more than the language and violence. But I don't know whether our listeners will want to stomach the show long enough to hear our review of it. But that concludes our episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm E. Franklin. I'm Tim Martin. And don't just watch. The Christian Podcast Community is a cohesive group of like-minded Christian podcasters proclaiming the truths of Christ with expertise and passion in the areas of theology, church history, Christian living, evangelism, apologetics, parenting, homeschooling, sermons, and much, much more. So check us out at ChristianPodcastCommunity.org. One stop for all your favorite Christian podcasts christianpodcastcommunity.org.